Natural gas prices this week hit a new all-time high. Kind of crept up on us from nowhere. We're back above the highs in June. The Europeans are even more scared than we are. I mean, really, really scared. Uh, Putin has completely got them by the short and curlies. Um, another twist of that gas supply. And God knows. Uh, I mean, German industry closes down. We go into not recession, depression. But that's how serious this is. Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week in review with Nigel Farage. Nigel, I think it was two weeks ago I asked you whether the Europeans would manage to stick to their sanctions over the winter as winter approaches. Now it looks like the UK government is getting worried that they won't. What do you make of it? Well, yes and no, really. I mean, Boris Johnson was in uh, Kiev this week. His sort of last hurrah. I guess it's the one last place in the world where he's popular. Um, and he, he, incredible what he said. Quite incredible what he said. He said, we will endure the pain of high prices in order to support you and fight Putin. So I tell you what, if you're going bankrupt, that's fine, because Boris has decided on your behalf, without ever asking you, that we are going to put up with the pain. I um, He also offered another 54 million. That's 2.3 billion we've given so far. Um, I, I think we're going to start to have a conversation about this. Natural gas prices this week hit a new all-time high kind of crept up on us from nowhere. We're back above the highs in June. The Europeans are even more scared than we are. I mean, really, really scared. Uh, Putin has completely got them by the short and curlies. Um, another twist of that gas supply. And God knows. Uh, I mean, German industry closes down. We go into not recession, depression. I mean, that's how serious this is. And you can see the change of the narrative in Germany. You can see it in build which is their equivalent of our son, where Zelensky has gone from being uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ to being a billionaire and possibly quite corrupt. Um, and you can see that mood music changing across Europe. I think we're going to see a significant softening of the EU position towards Russia. And Liz Truss will be our prime minister on the 5th of September. Uh, she'll begin with the Boris narrative, but I think a conversation is now going to be had about this. Putin's Putin's economic position is stunningly powerful. And I think it's taken the West a long time to wake up to their innate stupidity. It does take a while for all of these problems to reach consumers and, and investors and everyday people. But now that it has, it seems to be things are changing quite fast. Does it fix the problem, though, if, say, we, we do an about face and end the sanctions and Putin's our best friend all of a sudden and we come to some sort of agreement on Ukraine? Does that mean this winter's issues are going to just you know, evaporate or are we still going to be in for a rough time? We're still in terrible trouble. If I take the UK, for example, we have almost no storage facilities whatsoever. The Conservative government closed them because they believed in just-in-time supply chains. I mean, God help us. Uh, there is talk of the rough storage facility being reopened, but that, that isn't going to happen quickly. Nothing like this ever does happen quickly. The threat we face is if we get a great big, I'm not saying we will, but if we get a great big anti-cyclone sitting over us in February, rather like we've had in August, with all this very good weather that we had, um, then the billions that people, that poor people have spent on their bills to subsidise wind energy will produce nothing. 
And that for us is the maximum moment of danger. Short gas supplies globally. Um, you know, the Norwegians already talking about stopping exporting electricity to us. Well, you know, in a crisis with gas, they'll use their own gas first rather than sell it to us. So there is a danger, genuine danger of the lights going out in February. But it's almost incredible that we sit here in 2022 and even discuss this. Um, so the threat is there. The threat in Europe is even more acute where you've got rationing going on. I mean, you know, sort of uh, council-owned properties in big German cities limiting hot water to an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. Uh, the president of Baden-Württemberg suggesting Germans stop showering and wipe themselves with a cloth. I mean, you just, you can't believe it. You, you literally can't believe it. I mean, no wonder Bill said we were better off in 1945 <laughs> with, with bombed-out cities than we are today. So, and, and also, I don't think a sort of attempted rapprochement with Putin will have him saying, oh, thanks, guys, that's great, have whatever you like. It, it ain't going to work like that. And they've also discovered new markets in India and China. So, no, no, this isn't going away for a very, very long time. And financial markets like to price things, you know, based on probabilities. So even if there's just a chance of all of this happening, then financial markets will be impacted by it significantly. There is also an election going on in Italy. In a month's time, we'll know who the Italian prime minister is, unless there's some sort of strange coalition deal. So what are you expecting from the Italians? Well, I think, you know, I, th I think that the, the centre-right forces, and that's Berlusconi, he's still there, unbelievable, um, keeping those hair dye companies really, really busy. Um, you've got Berlusconi's party, you've got the Lega under Salvini, and you've got the Brothers of Italy, who've been growing very, very quickly at the expense of the Lega, led by this blonde firebrand, Georgia Maloney. Her critics will say that she's a fascist and she's the direct inheritor of Benito Mussolini. That I, I don't think that's actually right, um, but she's certainly pretty robust in what she says. And the likelihood is that she will be the biggest, well, she will be the biggest party in the Italian parliament. And in between the three of them, they can get 47% of the vote. That's enough to get a majority coalition in the Italian parliament. Um, and I think that's beginning to look likely. There are also elections coming up in Sweden. Um, and we've got to watch those pretty carefully too. Again, uh, people like the Swedish Democrats um, may well be the biggest party in Sweden after these elections. So you've got some political change going on in Europe, um, some quite severe economic stress. I know, Nick, you've been having a look at Italian bond spreads, etc. cetera. Um, I think a feeling that a, another Eurozone crisis ain't too far away. The Euro, of course, now below parity against the dollar. And, and really, if you, look at all, if you look at all of it that's going on in the world, politically, economically, it's all down to one word, energy. This is all about energy. Why is the dollar strong against the pound and against the euro? Well, above all, because they are basically self-sufficient in energy and any nasties that happen are not going to affect them as directly as they are the rest of us. So, and in terms of investment, there's never been a more difficult time. I, I, I can't imagine ever in my life looking across the board, thinking about what people do with their money. You know, the safe conservative thing to do is to keep it in cash, but crikey. If Citibank are right and inflation goes to 18%, that ain't too good. So, you know, really tough times. That basically means that people need to invest for more than 18% gains in order to just keep up with inflation. One of the few areas that I think has that potential is the nuclear space. The Japanese mm. have just turned back to nuclear in a 
big way. The Koreans did before that. Obviously, the UK is on the move. Are you interested in the, in the nuclear space and the uranium space? Do you think it has the, the potential to outpace inflation? Well, that's a big call and a big question to ask me. But, but, but I mean, is the world turning back towards nuclear? Absolutely. Um, is this a short-term fad? No. But this is going to happen. The question, I suppose, in terms of investing in uranium companies, etc., is how long does it take for making a decision to this actually becoming a reality? Uh, no, nuclear is back. Of that, there is no question. And whatever uh, objections we get from, you know, that Swedish goddess Greta, um, you know, this is going to happen. So, yeah, for the medium long term, nuclear is going to be a good place to be. Whether the market goes for that in the short term, I think it's a much harder thing to call. Um, and the other thing, of course, you know, if we are headed for tough times, and I know we've talked about it again and again and again, and it's underperformed up until now, but you've got to think that from any historical perspective of things getting tough, that gold, gold at some point has to be a very good place to be.